0: Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska, by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. Now enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. Good morning. Um, just a quick um, plug for this week. We have the Solemnity of All Saints, um, November 1st, and then the uh, Feast of All Souls Day on November 2nd. We enter in in the month of November to remembering and thinking about the church suffering, the church triumphant, so church suffering as the church in purgatory. All those who have gone before us, marked the sign of faith that aren't yet fully and perfectly united to God. Uh, and then the church triumphant, the saints in heaven, those who have passed through um, everything and now are living in the beatific vision, the goal for all of us. And the importance to to go to that mass of all saints, to find strength and inspiration, encouragement from the saints, um, but also All Souls Day, to to find a mass and go on that day. Uh, it's a month where we go and visit cemeteries and pray for the dead. It's a month that we remember those in our own family, uh, those that have gone before us, um, our ancestors, maybe some people that you haven't thought of, your great-great-great-great-grandfather or whoever uh, that immigrated to the U.S. Uh, um, just remember them uh, in our prayers uh, this month and pray for their souls. Um, because when you get to purgatory, God willing... We get, as we die, if we die in a state of grace, probably most of us in here, I would say, um, we'll have to pass through purgatory, purgation of our souls. Uh, I'll talk about that in a couple Sundays a little bit more deeply. But um, when we get there, we can't pray for ourselves anymore. We have to rely on the prayers uh, of those on earth. And so um, with faith all throughout the world's on the decline It's good to just double down on our own prayers for the souls in purgatory to really assist them to get to the goal that all of us have, the beatific vision, being face-to-face with God. So just that plug for this week, we enter in in a really um, solemn and beautiful way uh, into that part of our faith and to practice it well. Today, this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we're getting closer. How many Sundays in Ordinary Time? I say it every Sunday. Thirty-four. So we're getting closer to to moving into a new season the advent the coming of Christ the catholic new year we're switch over liturgical years in 4 weeks so we continue to to learn and grow in our own discipleship our following the lord we have this beautiful gospel passage Matthew 22 towards the end of the chapter where Jesus is questioned by a scholar of the law this is what it's like in seminary you got guys studying for for licentiates and doctorates and things like that, and they question each other um, on all kinds of stuff. Um, but that's basically think of it like a, a seminarian getting ready to receive a degree, or a priest getting a degree. Tests him and he asks him, "What is the greatest of the commandments?" And this beautiful response of our Lord. So let's unpack that just a little bit. First, within within this and within Jesus's own response. We see uh, God's plan for all of us unfolding within this, that God has an amazing plan for you and I, and he had one from the very beginning. He was content in himself, and he created the entire universe out of a pure act of his own love, a pure act of desire, not out of need, out of desire, that God created everything, a universe that we're still discovering parts of, um, that's even bigger than humanity will ever know. universe. Uh, we, We have no concept of how large and expansive this universe is, but within it, the particular that of all the planets and all the places in the entire universe, he created the perfect place for humanity to live and thrive. If one element of many, 30, 40, 50 elements that are critical for life, if one of those was even off by a fraction, you and I wouldn't have a chance to live. And he created it so perfectly that you and I have an opportunity to live and even greater, not just live, but to thrive and not just thrive, but be adopted into his family and not just be adopted into his family, but get to live with him face to face for eternity. And he set up all of that for you and I. That's his great plan for us. And we see that unpacked in what Jesus says in his response, that beautiful plan. Um, But because of our own sinfulness, our own turn away from him, there is a necessity of commandments. There is a necessity for us to have limit so we understand who we are and who God is. So he has to put commandments in place for you and I to know the path, to know the way. Try driving in a blizzard. If we don't know where the edge of the road is, we're going to get stuck in the snow and die. The same thing. With this, we have to know where the limits are. We have to know where the boundaries are. Think about a game, a game of football or basketball, baseball, track. There's rules and limits to what can and can't be done. It makes the playing area defined. We know what it is, and we can give ourselves completely to it. So God had to put these commandments in place. And so those commandments were set in front of us for you and I so we can live freely So we can live fully, we can give our entire self, if I know where the edges are, I can live in the middle, completely, freely, and perfectly. And so these commandments were set in place. The commandments of that they're referring to, the law and the prophets, so thinking from a Jewish perspective... The law is the Torah, the first five books of the Holy Scriptures, Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the law. The prophets, we all know well, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, etc. The prophets within the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, um, which is the greatest in the law of the prophets. In in, um, In the Pentateuch, There are over 600 laws that were given to the people through Moses that were written down. There were the 10, of course, that were the height um, that were given on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. And those were the greatest of the commandments for the Israelite people that were held in most esteem. Those Ten Commandments were stored within the Ark of the Covenant um, for the entire time before the coming of Christ in which the Ark disappeared. And the new Ark of the Covenant uh, came into being and the new, the new commandments, the manifestation of those commandments in a person, Jesus, moved into Israel. So there was many commandments. There was all of these things set so the Israelite people knew who God was and who they were. So the Israelite people could walk in freedom. The Israelite people could love and worship God fr- freely and fully. They could be fully alive um, and know their God. These commandments were set down the greatest of the commandments. Jesus could have picked from any of the 600 plus. He could have picked from any of the Ten Commandments. But he picks two passages, two passages from the Pentateuch. Number one, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. You shall love the great Shema of Israel. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It goes on to say in Deuteronomy, Write this down. Pound it into your foreheads. Teach it to your children. They prayed it three times a day. They put a little box on their forehead. And they they wrapped the box around right here when they prayed the Great Shema, and it was written in the box. God wanted to pound that into your into their heads, into their hearts, into their souls. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love the Lord your God completely and totally. That's the greatest commandment of everything that's been given, everything that's been revealed for the entire history of, the, of what we know, the greatest of the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So they would, again, they would recite that three times a day. In the Catholic Church in the New Testament, we recite the our Father traditionally three times a day, morning, noon, and night. This was the precursor to the Our Father, the great Shema of Israel. And the second flows from it, Leviticus 19.18, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets, everything that's been revealed, depend on these two. Notice what's not in them. Thou shalt not. No, these are thou shalt. You shall They're positive. They're positive because they require an action. Why? Because love isn't a feeling. Love isn't just a little movement in my heart. It's not an excitement. I can get excited because the pizza's about here. I can get excited because Nebraska actually won a game. I can get excited (laughs) because it's warm out (laughs) some days. I can get excited because it snows enough and we have a snow day. I can get movement in my heart and feel warm fuzzies when I see that, that boy or girl across the room and they, they give me a little look and I'm like, I get the feels. It's not love. Love is a, is a choice. Love is a choice to, to die to myself, prepare to give entirely to the other. Love is a choice that I make that I choose the other's good their best possible good over my own. Love is a gift of self. Love is an outpouring of my life so that the other can be fully alive can be free. Love is a choice so that everybody around me receives the beatific vision the ultimate goal for all of us how our heart was created what it was created for and it's restless until it rests in the beatific vision love is a choice to give of myself so that the other can obtain heaven you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind you shall love your neighbor as yourself When you ask somebody um, in the world today, go into Walmart, go onto campus, walk up to somebody and ask them their first impression of the Catholic Church. It's just a bunch of rules, things you can't do. It's not what the Catholic Church is. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments catholic church is a response to a gift from god of faith hope and charity that you and i received in our baptism god chose and called us every human being many reject this gift that's given to us in our baptism he called us forward to die in the waters of baptism and rise into new life god chose and called us into that He gives us the the gifts of faith, hope, and charity. These are gifts that we can't manufacture and we can't earn. The Catholic Church is our response, bless you, to that gift of faith. It's our response to the gift of love that God has poured upon us. It's our our response to the gift of new life that He's given us and our hope of salvation in Him. And we live out in the Catholic Church these two commandments. Loving God with our whole heart, our soul, whole soul, and our whole mind. We pour everything out, all of our resources, everything that we have. And we turn to Him and worship Him in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And we offer everything back to Him. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As you sit in an increasingly warm chapel, as body heat warms it up, and I sit next to my neighbor, and I choose to offer myself at this sacrifice for them and for their soul, where I drag my friend to Mass, and I tell my sister or brother to get to confession, because I love them. I want them to be free, to be fully alive and to live. Catholic Church isn't a restriction. Catholic Church opens us to the plan of God, the love of God, the freedom of the human person to eternal life. These two commandments that Jesus gives us today elicit within us a response. If you hear these commandments, you can't help but get fired up to jump on board with this plan, to radically reorient your life. But sometimes we need help because we believe the lie about ourselves that we're no good, that we're not wanted by God. We believe the lie that I've already done too much in my life, that I don't deserve the beatific vision. I'm just stuck in my misery and pain. I can't climb out of this hole. We start practicing the art of self-reliance. and We dig ourselves further into a hole. And none of that is true. That radical reorientation of our life. That gift of ourself back to God. We get fired up and excited. because we know His call to us into eternal life. Our invitation today is inspired and helped by the blood of the martyrs. We read the story of the blood of the martyrs, the story of their life, especially in the moment of their martyrdom. We become re-inspired. We stand together and march towards heaven with everything we've got. There was a rabbi, he's not a Catholic, back at the time of Jesus, and we have a testimony of his martyrdom. The Romans began a heavy persecution of the Jewish people. He was arrested. And I'll spare the details of his martyrdom. It's the ears of children in here. But it wasn't pleasant. Let's just say what was given to him and covers his bones was taken away in a violent way. So you can, adults, hopefully you can make the connection. As he's being martyred, he's praying this prayer, the great Shema. Because it's at the time of the prayer that was supposed to be prayed, he was praying it. And he said, with all your soul, and he paused. He said, that's the line that's always vexed me my whole life. You shall love the Lord your God with all your soul. But I understand it now. I understand this line. To so love the Lord your God with all your soul. I can give my life freely to God. I can give my life freely to God. To the depth of my soul, everything I am, back to Him. I'm being killed not because of my own choice, but because of my own choice. <laughs> I understand this line, and I freely give myself back to God, mind, body, and soul. There's another martyr that inspires us more close to our own time, Maximilian Kolbe, a Polish priest, Franciscan. Lived during the occupation of Nazi Germany in World War II. He was arrested for speaking out publicly against the Nazi regime. He had a radio station. He had a newspaper. And he spoke out very strongly against the oppression of the Nazis. And they arrested him, sent him to a concentration camp. In that concentration camp, there were rules that contradicted each other. Why? Because they just wanted to exterminate. So rules contradicted one another. One of the rules was when they were sent out to work, if everybody didn't come back, then the group would be punished. Maximilian's group, not everybody came back one day, so they called ten men forward. One of them broke down because he has a wife and children at home. The man broke down, so Maximilian stepped forward and said, I'd like to take that man's place. and so they let him. The guards were intimidated by that kind of outpouring of love and that choice to give of himself unto death for the good of another. They marched him off to the starvation chamber, and Maximilian was so confident in God's love, they were singing hymns of joy as they starved to death. It irritated the guards so much, they eventually just poisoned them to get rid of them, because they were changing the culture of the place. And giving everyone hope through their own faith in God. Maximilian gave his life for the sake of another. She'll love the Lord your God with all your whole heart, soul, mind. And your neighbor as yourself. God has given us everything in this life and called us to a radical choice in this life. Aligning ourselves with the martyrs. Let's give of ourselves completely and totally to God and our neighbor? Why are we holding anything back in this life? What are we holding on to? As a Catholic church, we need to put ourselves forward as leaders in self-gift and dying for the other in fighting for souls, desiring heaven and running there with each other. Now is the time, friends. Let's run.